Hey, good evening, Love everyone. And tonight out on Reaching Out Radio, uh, myself, Pastor Brian, and Pastor Leah, we're going to be sharing four things. You unravel me with a melody. You surround me with song of deliverance from my enemy. Till all my fear has come I'm no longer a slave to I am a child of God I'm no longer a slave
song. Greetings from scenic Columbus, Texas, where the town is located on the beautiful Colorado River. And if you don't know, Columbus is the oldest surveyed and platinum Anglo-American town in Texas. It's on the site of the legendary Indian village of Montezuma. And members of the old Stephen F. Austin's group of the old 300 actually began arriving out here in the area way back in about 1821. And no, Leah, I was not there. <laughs> and with that, good evening, sister and evangelist Montel Fields. I'm Brian Fouts. And I'm Leah Fouts. Hey, and this evening we are excited to be back here on Reaching Out Radio, where we are reaching out to be the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ. And for those of you listening in the area, Leah and I are with Hazak Ministries. Our ministry was started with the vision to bring a message of hope, healing, and encouragement to those who are hurting, lost, or hopeless. The the word Hazak is a Hebrew word. It means to make or be strong, to strengthen, to sustain, to support, and to encourage. We hope that you, our listeners, will be encouraged with our message this evening. And in case if some of you have missed our previous radio programs in the past, you can always go on to Reaching Out Radio at www.blogtalkradio.com. That's uh, www.blogtalkradio.com. And you can just type in Brian and Leah Fouts or be encouraged with Brian and Leah Fouts. And there you can find all of our previous shows uh, that we did with Montel and listen to them free on demand. Before we start, let's open the program with a word of prayer. I would like to pray for the for protection for Montel and reaching out radio as well. And we pray against any technical difficulties, against any demonic powers in the airwaves. And we would like to pray for those in the listening audience. We pray for open hearts and changed lives this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, amen. Thank you, Sister Leah. So this evening, Leah and I just wanted to do something a little different than what we would normally do on a radio program. We sometimes start off the show with what happened on this day in music history and I usually sing something, and Leah said, no, no, not tonight. Please don't sing. <laughs> and we also talk a little bit about Jewish, her- uh, Jewish history and some of the other areas uh, in, in the world and U.S. But the Lord prompted us to do a show a little bit more about understanding words and sayings, and that would tie into our life study and how his words give us hope, healing, and encouragement. We looked at four statements that are commonly used in our purpose and in our goal setting and planning in life. And these four statements might surprise you. You may know them or you don't, but they can really define who we really are. And they are making an impact, staying the course, learning to spring forth, or as we say down here in Texas, get her done. Yep. So with that, let's get started. Are you ready, Leah? Yep, let's go. Well, you know, I just love living out here in the country, especially here near the Colorado River. Oh, me too. And we have some interesting weather changes that take place out here. (laughs) Yep. And along with these changes, the wind can pick up or it can slow down, and in time, so does the temperature of the weather. It can rise and fall. Ooh, 
I really love it when the weather changes. I'll bet you do. And with those changes in the weather, it can actually make an impact in how we plan our day and how we travel. That's right. It does. And believe it or not that when this happens, uh, this change can also impact our surroundings and our conversations with others. How so? Well, it can impact the way that we dress. Uh, can actually impact the way that we speak to others, and it actually may affect when and where that we might go during the day. So our first topic today is on making an impact. Yes, it is. This is going to be a fun topic for today. You bet it is. And so if you're out there, if you want to take a little time and grab a pen or some pencil and some paper and get ready to learn some really great tips for your walk in life. Or get to your computer or iPad or iPhone and be prepared for some great ideas to help you in your future. That's right. So as I mentioned earlier, our topic today or this evening is actually learning to make an impact and why this just might be important for you and in your walk-in life. Brian, someone might ask, why do we even want to make an impact? (laughs) Well, that's that's a great question. So first, let's take a look at that, this word. So what does that really mean? Well, I did, did some digging in the online dictionaries and came up with some really interesting answers. Ah, so what did you find? Well, number one was the power of making a strong, immediate impression. Okay. And number two, the quality of an utterance that provokes interest and produces an effect. Wow. Number three is to make a mark and make a significance. That's pretty cool. Yep. And number four, it also means the power to change or affect someone or something to make an an influence in their lives. You know, I really like that last one. Could you share number that number four with our listeners again? Oh, sure. It also means the power to change or affect someone or something to make an influence in their lives. That is just awesome. So how about that phrase, to make? What does that actually mean? And the phrase, to make, means to begin, to cause to happen, or to cause to exist, occur, or appear. It also means to create to bring into being by forming or shaping. That's pretty awesome, Leah. I wanted to share a great verse with our listeners as well. Well, all right, before we go on, what what verse did you find? To really make an impact with others, we need to tell others about the Lord and what he has done for us. I'm reading from Psalm 96, verse 3 in the NIV. And it says, tell the nations about his glory. Tell all the people about the wonderful things he has done. And that is Psalm 96, verse 3. You know, and that's great. That's an awesome verse. And it's also a great reminder for all of us. So, in simple terms, if we want to make an impact in life, we should try to make a significant difference in other people's lives. Ooh, I love that. So, what is the Hebrew word for impact? Oh, you know me so well. <laughs> well, that, uh, you know, in, in looking back, uh, 
I found that that word impact actually does not exist in the Hebrew language. But I found something that's close to that, which is the word mark, and that means shamar. And it actually means to keep guard. It means to keep watch, to observe. It means to protect. It also means to wait for. It also means not only to just observe, but it means to celebrate. It means to keep the Sabbath or the covenant or the commands. And it actually means to perform, you know, like a vow, like, yes, dear, I do, or something like that. (laughs) So you could say that we are to keep watch, protect, and celebrate in doing the Lord's work in helping others on a daily basis. Yes, you could. And, you know, we were actually created to help others. We were created to make an impact, but not only in the lives of our own family, but in the lives of those around us. Oh, I have a great verse for this. Well, you did a lot of verse reading this week, so what do you have? This is from Ephesians 2, number 10, in the NIV. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Well, that's pretty cool. And, you know, there's something other really cool to ponder on here. We were not born by accident. God created us. That's that's right. It wasn't just zap and here we are. And, you know, we do have a purpose here on earth. And God has a divine plan specifically for each and every one of us. Oh, yeah. You know, there is an old saying that says, look before you leap. <laughs> yep. And in, if that is the case, when we're talking with others, Here's something also to ponder on. You should always learn to think before you speak. So then why, when our works, or when our words, why are our words so important? And why does it make a difference of what we say and when we say it? Okay, well, here's a great answer. I want to read this one, Brian. Oh, okay. It's all yours. This is from Proverbs 18, verse 21, in the New King James Version. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. You know, that's pretty cool. But, you know, here, here's a different interesting take from the Good News Bible on that very same passage in Proverbs 18:21. Okay. It says, what you say can preserve life or destroy it. So you must accept the consequences of your words. Wow, that was pretty cool. Well, and I I really like the way it reads in the message translation. They're like quick and to the point. It says, words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or they're fruit. You choose. Okay. Well, that was awesome. I want to read that again to our listeners. Words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. And that's Proverbs 18.21, and that's again from the message. Yep. You know, and and that's important for us to know uh, because, you know, Lee and I talk to a lot of people every day, 
and we we share a lot of things with them. We hear what's going on in their lives, and uh, we sometimes share our thoughts. Uh, we'll share our insights and wisdom with each one. Yep. And, you know, someone once made the comment that with our words, we are either blessing them or we are cursing them. And so, like the message said, it's your choice. And so how will you make an impact in someone's life today? Scripture has a great answer, Brian. This is from 1 Thessalonians 5.11 in the English Standard Version of Bible. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. And that was 1 Thessalonians 5.11. And you know, brothers and sisters, as you go out this week... Uh, we want to remind you to stand tall, arise, and go forth with great speed. Amen. And why? So that you can fulfill the vision that the Lord has given you. And as you go out this week, we encourage you to go out and encourage someone today and to make an impact in their life. Amen. So, listeners, what we want to do at this particular point now is we want to really kind of move on to our next saying, and that is learning to stay the course. And how many times have you heard somebody say this to you? Oh, at least a hundred times over the years. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're probably correct. And so this evening we're going to be learning about how to celebrate life. Celebrate life? Yes, celebrate life. Well, what about staying the course? Well, trust me, we're we're going to get around to that and how this all ties in together. Okay, but how do we celebrate life? Do we throw a party? Can we throw a party? <laughs> well, yes, yeah, sort of. All right. Then how do we celebrate life? Well, Leah, we actually celebrate life by learning to focus on, guess what, staying the course. Okay. So how does staying the course help us to celebrate life? Well, let's kind of move on and you'll find out. Okie dokie. All right. I'm ready, Freddie. So I want to start off with a question here. Have you ever just sat around in your office or your home and wondered and said, boy, if this deal would just come through, or you find yourself asking, if this one big thing would just happen, and then all of my problems would be taken care of, and guess what? I could really, really be happy. And then I could really kind of get back to being involved in life again. Oh, yeah. I felt like that at times as well, <laughs> especially if I was playing Publishers Clearinghouse sweepstakes. Well, of course you did. <laughs> yep. But seriously now, haven't you ever had feelings like that? Yes. So, like what? Well, I can remember being stuck in a job that I did not like. I didn't like the people that I worked for, and just driving into the location to work would depress me. Ah, so how did that really make you feel there, Fouts? I felt terrible. I just wanted to run away. <laughs> and you know, for some, if you're as old as we are, it was probably like that old cartoon that we used to watch as kids called Mr. Wizard. You know, we would be pretending to be somebody else, and then something bad suddenly happens, and we start yelling, please, please, Mr. Wizard, come take me away. I don't want to be this character anymore. <laughs> now that is funny. So, listeners, what are you waiting for? 
Are you waiting for that raise or that job promotion? Or you want all of your debts paid off? Or you and your family and your spouse to be happy? Yeah, I know. Oh, and how about a transfer to a better job or town? (laughs) Of course, I had an employer tell me one time that if I screwed up one more time, that God would give me another job. So here's a question for you. Who or what are you being dependent upon for your happiness? Well, there was a time in my life that I would have said all of the above. I know, I know. And I've been there a couple of times myself over the years. You know, you raised some very great concerns. And I like what our good friend Stephen used to say. What was that? All good questions. Well, that's right. Those are all good questions. And here again, we're talking about celebrating life, but what we need to know, what does it really mean to celebrate, don't you think? Yes, we do. Well, I got to look up that word in the dictionary, and here's what I found. It means to do something special or enjoyable for an important event, occasion, or holiday on next to praise someone or something, to say that someone or something is great or important, and to perform a religious ceremony. Wow. And also, there are some who would define this word as a way to observe a day or event with ceremonies of respect. It could be a day of festivity, rejoicing, or to make known publicly, or to extol praise. Wow, Leah, those were some really cool things to know. Thank you. You're most welcome. And, you know, I looked at that word celebrate in the Hebrew language, and there were a couple of different words for this, but I I really did some digging. I found one that really would fit in with our subject today. And that word is sahak. That doesn't mean you just sahak somebody from their job. (laughs) It actually means to laugh. It means to jest and play, such as playing a musical instrument and singing and even dancing. Oh, I knew that you would find something having to do with music. Well, yes, I did. And guess what? And it is the key to our message today. Uh, No pun intended. A key? Or... You are too funny sometimes. And I found a great Bible verse that goes with this word, celebrate. This is from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 30, verse 19. And I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. From them will proceed thanksgiving and the voice of those who celebrate. And I will multiply them and they will not be diminished. I will also honor them, and they will not be insignificant. That is just a really awesome verse. And, you know, I love the way that the Lord gives us those promises because those promises are for each of us. Okay, Brian. But what does this look like? I mean, how can we get to that spot in life to celebrate? And more importantly, what do we need to do to reach this goal in life? Well, again, these are all good questions, Leah. And first off, we need to have a plan. A plan? What kind of plan? (laughs) Well, we need to ask God for a vision for our life. Is that important? Well, it's very important. Oh, can't we just do that ourselves? Well, you 
could, but, you know, there is a really great passage in Scripture that helps us to understand why we have to do this. And this mm-hmm. is from Proverbs 29:18, And that reads that where there is no vision, the people will perish. Oh, you know, Brian, when you shared that verse with me earlier, I wanted to see what other translations might say. And I found this really neat passage from the Message Bible. Okay. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. <laughs> but when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. And, you know, once that we have that vision, then we can begin to work on the plan. And there's an old saying in business that you plan your work and then you work your plan. That sure seems like a great deal of work, Ryan. Well, yes, and it can be a lot of work. I know that you have shared with me on on <laughs> Hello and others over the years that we have to stay focused on the task at hand, but can someone become too focused, Brian? Too focused, like what? Oh, I mean... Can someone become consumed with the plan or task and just block everything and everyone else out of their mind? That's a good question, and that's a pretty good analogy, Leah. Well, so what do we do? I mean, how do we handle the problem? Well, the first thing I like to share with people, especially when they come to me and complain or they talk about the problem, Mm -hmm. I ask them to do something positive for me and for them. Okay. What is it, Brian? Well, I tell them to repeat after me. There are no problems in life, only challenges. You're kidding, right? No, I'm not kidding. You're really serious about this. Well, yes, I am. And then I ask them to say that out loud and repeat after me that there are no problems in life, only challenges. And then I tell them to say it one more time, and then for a third time, I tell them to say it again with gusto, like they mean it. There are no problems in life, only challenges. Oh, well, why is it important to do these three times? Three times. Well, it's important to do it three times because they will remember this the next time that they say it out loud. They'll actually catch themselves. They'll say, the problem is, and then they'll suddenly stop and they'll think and they'll say, no, no, this is only a challenge. I'm still a little confused here. Why is that? Well, because you see, as human beings, we have a tendency to think towards the negative side of life. Remember, I asked you earlier in the week to look up that word problem. Yes. So if you looked it up, what did you find out? Okay, here's what I found. The word problem means something that is difficult to deal with or something that is a source of trouble, worry. Number three is difficulty in understanding something. And number four is a feeling of not liking or wanting to do something. Ah, feeling of not liking or wanting to do something. No, 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 I don't want to do that. (laughs) Well, you know, that's a really great find, Leah. And there is a great scripture verse that goes with this, and it's in Proverbs 23, verse 7, part A. It Mm -hmm. just says, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Ah. Now, that word challenge actually means to confront or defy boldly. 
It means to dare. It means to call out to duel or to combat. It means to invite someone into a competition. And it also means to arouse or to stimulate, especially by presenting with difficulties. Ooh, I get it. If we look at something as a challenge, then we are we, then we are thinking of with positive attitude, looking for ways to overcome a difficult situation. That's right, Leah. We might think about our problem as a chore or, oh, God, this is such a pain. <laughs> but when we look at it as a challenge, then we can actually find a way to overcome things. We can actually find the best way to deal with the challenges that stand before us. Yes. And here's a great verse to help all of us when this happens to us. This is from Ephesians 3, verse 20, and I'm going to be reading this from the NIV Bible. It says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all, we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Brian, I found the same verse in the message. That really drives this home for all of us. Okay, so what would you find? God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does not he does it not by pushing us around but by working within us his spirit deeply and gently within us. That is really neat. I just love that verse. Okay. Then what is the challenge for us? Well, the challenge here is staying on course. Mm. And think about this. Too often we start with a great plan then we start adding lots of time and hours into our goals in life. Then we suddenly become busy, then very busy, and finally we are extremely busy. That's right. And then we begin to take shortcuts in our life. Yeah, that's right. We start taking those shortcuts. Yep. It is the little things at first, but they begin to grow and then become really big things later. Well, and you know what happens next, don't you? Uh, yes, I do. I watched you on a couple of different businesses that you had worked in, and I watched other people like you who were really focused on their plan or goal. You did, huh? Uh, well, what did you find out? Well, first, to make, a, to make the grade or goal, you begin to put in a little more time each day on that goal. And second, it may mean skipping breakfast or having an extra cup of coffee instead. Oh, yeah, java, 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 java. We need more energy, <laughs> more energy, more speed, more speed. Oh, oh, yes. Then we cut out the short breaks during the day. You need more time than shorter lunches, work longer hours, get started earlier in the day, then stay later, then less time with family and no fun activities or sleep. Yes, 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 more time. Yo, dude, we need more time. <laughs> We're on a mission. And then pretty soon we are really stressed out. Oh, yeah. And then, man, then we become fatigued. And then, as the old song says, we're running on empty. Uh-huh. And then, guess what, folks? New challenges begin to appear in our business. They begin to appear in our home. They begin to show up in our marriage and our health. 
this time trap zaps our energy and zaps our drive. And we are just so busy now that we can't even see the goals in front of us. And why? Because of all of the obstacles in front of us from what we've just done. This is the time to stop, folks. Take a chill pill and breathe. Yes, take a breather. You mean take a breather? A breather, yes. Okay. <laughs> Reflect on where you are now. Take a look at what you have done so far. When you and I do that, we will find something very interesting. That's right. And I'm reminded that we are sometimes like a pilot who steers an airplane or a large ship. You see, they have to depend upon a compass to keep them on course. Uh-huh. And you have to go back and check and recheck that compass from time to time to make sure that you maintain the correct heading on where you're going. You have to do this in order to stay on course. And if not, then you could find yourself off target and that you will miss your planned route. And if you check this compass too late, you could be off by many, many miles and find yourself having to make a major correction. And if it if you check this early and often, then you'll find that you are and if you find that you are off course, then it's just a simple of a small adjustment to get you back on course. So Brian, what can we do to stay the course? Again, Leah, that's a great question. To stay on the course means that you will have to keep moving forward every day. Oh. It will be even harder when you face trials and tribulations and other obstacles that come up. Mm-hmm. And guess what? There will be distractions. It can come from coworkers, from other businesses, it can come from your own family, and these distractions will come your way. Don't think they won't. They will. And they will either come from people or things or guess what? They'll actually come from the enemy. Satan loves to bring distraction into your life. And this will not be fun, and it will not be very easy. And in fact, it's actually a very hard thing for anyone to do. What passage in God's Word can we find to help strengthen those of us who will need help during this time? Well, in reading over our topic this week, I was reminded of a passage in Psalms 119, verses 1 through 4. And I'm going to be reading this from the New American Standard Bible. How blessed are those whose way is blameless, Mm -hmm. who walk in the law of the Lord. And how blessed are those who observe his testimonies and who seek him with all of their heart. They also do no unrighteousness, and they walk in his ways. And your, they have, uh, and you have ordained your precepts so that we should keep them diligently. Brian, when I was reading this passage, it really did not hit me until I read it from the Message Bible. This was very comforting for me. You are blessed when you stay on course, walking steadily on the road revealed by God, You're blessed when you follow his directions, doing your best to find him. That's right. You don't go off on your own. You walk straight along the road, he said. And that's from Psalm 119, 1 through 4 in the message. Oh, man, Leah, that was very inspiring. Wasn't it? You know, and God really rocks. 
Uh-huh. And again, I'm reminded that I cannot do this on my own and that I need help mm-hmm. and that we need help from others stronger than we are yep. who have had the, the, the experience of navigating through the air and the sea. Yet there's only one who can give you all of the strength and the wisdom and the guidance needed to make it to your appointed destination. Oh, Brian, I want to leave our listeners with this promise from God. In all your ways, know, recognize, and acknowledge him, and he will direct and make straight and plain your paths. That's from Proverbs 3, verse 6 in the Amplified. And again, Leah, that is such a really great promise. Oh, yes. And I want to leave our listeners with this very special quote from the late Dr. Miles Monroe. He was one of my greatest mentors besides God. (laughs) The light of God's vision is in your heart. It is so strong and bright that all of the darkness of the planet and all of the darkness of people's opinions and all of the darkness of past failures can never put it out. Wow, that's great. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged so far by the message that we have this evening and that when you know what your purpose is, you will be open, willing, and obedient to be used by God and that you will use this purpose to encourage others. This was really fun and educational. So what's next? Well, next we want to talk about learning to spring forth. And we want to share with you, our listeners, why this also just might be very important to you in your life and your walk. That's great, Brian. So why spring forth? Well, now this did not just come into my mind because I, we just finished with spring and <laughs> summer's here. and Or it could be that maybe there's something a little bit more happening here. Mm. And what does it really mean to spring forth? Are we supposed to go outside and begin to plant something? <laughs> you mean like, do we uh, do we uh, plant a flower, do we plant a tree, or a bush, or fruit? Oh, I know, how about some vegetables? <laughs> or is there really something else going on here? Okay. You I, went to the dictionary again, I'm I sure. I went to the dictionary and found this. The word spring means to sprout like a plant. Leap or jump up suddenly, release or cause to be released from confinement and or custody. Custody, sorry. That's really good, but I really like that last one. You know, to be released kind of reminds me of that movie Independence Day where the alien goes release me. Oh, <laughs> and that word fourth means. Onward in time or place or order or moving forward or out into notice or view. And once again, Leah, you found some really great things to bring to our audience this evening. Uh-huh. Now that Thank you. now that phrase spring forth in Hebrew is the word samak. It doesn't mean smack, it's samak. <laughs> and it means to actually sprout or to spring up. I found a great verse, Brian. This is from Isaiah 43, verse 19, and it says, Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. 
You know, so in essence, to spring forth actually means to sprout up, to be released from confinement, and with great speed, be brought out into the open and to be noticed like a big, huge sunflower. Look at me. Wow, very cool. You know, some of you may be going through life right now and asking yourself, why am I here? Or what am I supposed to do? Or maybe... What is my purpose here on this earth? Oh, good questions, my bride. Oh, I, lo- I just love that line. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, try this one on for size. We have all been made in his image, and he has given each of us special gifts and talents. Oh, yes, and some of these gifts and talents are very evident from the time we are born. Yes, they are, and listeners... Some of these gifts may not even be revealed to you until you've asked God for a vision for your life. And then guess what? He will surprise you. That's right. God will surprise you with a gift you did not know that you had. You know, I found this out about 14 years ago when the Lord stirred me in the middle of the night and told me to write a book. Who, me? I didn't even like to write insurance letters. <laughs> I know. I usually had to write them for you. Well, yes, you did. And then as time went by, I learned how to do them. You know. And now for some of you, during this time in your life, you may have been going through a period of restoration and preparation, and you may not have known it. Boy, I think that we have all been there at one time or another. Well, and maybe for some of you, you've been waiting patiently and asking God, when is the time? Well, here is God's response, Brian. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. That's right. I love that. Wait for the Lord. Yep. That's in Psalms twenty-seven, fourteen, and uh, that was great, Leah. And possibly for some of you, Maybe you've been waiting, and now you're asking the Lord these questions. Hey, when are things going to change? Ah, or how about, when are you going to show me something? (laughs) I need some help here. Could you give me a sign, something? That's right, a burning Uh bush? Yeah. Well, you know, God's got a couple of really great answers just for you. And this is from Psalms 37a. Uh, I'm sorry, that's Psalms 37, verse 7, part A, and this is from the New King James Bible version. And it says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Let me read that again to you. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Oh, geez. But I really like this passage. This is from Psalm 40. Number one through three, and I am reading this from the King James Version. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth, praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. And that's Psalm four I'm sorry, Psalm forty verses one through three in the New King James Version. So listeners, now here's something really neat. When the time is right, 
the Lord will bring you out suddenly and with great speed to help and to encourage others. Mm -hmm. And you will be brought out into the open for all to see and to use that gift that he has given to you. By this, you will show others how to walk by faith. Isn't that neat? In in 2 Corinthians 5, 7 of the King James Bible, it reads, For we walk by faith, not by sight. That's true. And, you know, I went over and looked at that same verse up in the Amplified, and I really love the way it reads. It says, For we walk by faith. We regulate our lives and conduct ourselves by our conviction or belief, respecting man's relationship to God and divine things, Mm -hmm. with trust and holy fervor. Thus, we walk not by sight or by appearance. These are such great reminders on how to live our life. I would love to share another scripture verse. Do we have time? Yes, dear. We've got some time here. This is from Hebrews verse 11. I'm sorry, 11 verse 6. I'm, I am reading this from the New American Standard Bible. And it says, And without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Uh, That's one of my favorite verses. Uh And listeners, as you grow in your walk, remember that you are just like a seed that has just been planted in the ground. Oh, yes. And you will go through a process. That's right, the process. Yuck. (laughs) I hate the process. You know, it sucks. But you learn to embrace the process in life. You reach up and you embrace it and you go, oh, I love the process. I love the process. Oh, yes, I love the process. And you will be planted and confined for a while. This is done so that you can take root. That's right. And then you will sprout out of the ground and begin to grow. And in time, you will spring forth and begin to bear fruit. Oh, yes. And what are you doing during this time? Waiting. Oh, I know it's one of your favorite things to do. (laughs) Not. (laughs) And we want to share with you a really great verse about waiting on God for his answer and for his timing. Oh, I want to do this one. It's one of my favorites. All right, my bride, it's all yours. This is one of my favorite passages. I am reading from the New King James Bible, and this is Isaiah 40, verse 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I love that verse. Oh, yeah. And brothers and sisters, again, as you go out this week, stand tall and arise and go forth with great speed. And why? So that you can fill the vision that the Lord has given you, so that you can make an impact in someone's life this week. (laughs) And remember to spring forth. And may the Lord bring you and your family a double portion of blessing and favor this week. Wow, what an awesome lesson. Well, and we're not through yet. There's more. There's more? Well, yep, there is more. 
And so before we start on our last piece of topic here, we're going to take a kind of a short break for about a, for a couple of minutes, and we're going to let you listen to some original music, and just stay right there on the phone. We'll be right back. Okay. So here's an original song. We hope that you will really enjoy it. So now we're going to wrap up tonight. We're going to finish up with our last topic. We hope you enjoyed that music a little bit. It's called The Traveler. It's kind of an original song that I did a couple of years back. So now we're going to talk about learning to finish a task or to finish an assignment. Or as we say here in Texas, learning to get her done. Wow, what an awesome lesson. It is. It's going to be really fun. And so one of the things that we found with this is is that, as we say down here in Texas, learning to get her done. <laughs> so while I was walking around in the park the other day, I was thinking about our books and the plans that lay ahead for our next book and, more importantly, God's next assignment. Talking to yourself again, were you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. You know, so there I was. I was looking across the beautiful green grass out at Beeson's Park here in Columbus, and I was watching the Colorado River slowly drift by in the background. You know, and I was thinking about working on a draft, not a raft, but I was thinking about (laughs) working on a draft for the next book. And then sometimes the word anxious comes to my mind, and when that happens, you know what you want to do. You want to hurry up. The process. You want to start it now, and you want to get her done. But if you think about it, if you're like many other people, we can all get all that way when we're trying to complete a project. You look so focused when you get to this point, Brian. I know. You told me I don't even smile when I get there. No. <laughs> but, yeah, I do. So there I was praying and asking the Lord for some divine wisdom on how to proceed when suddenly I got the message. Get her done. 
okay, I know what this means, but really, get her done? Well, sure. So what do you think that word done means? I mean, other than the fact that you overcooked a piece of meat. <laughs> but it, it actually means to finish something. Well, duh. I went to my computer and checked online and found a couple of interesting things about that word, finish. You did? What'd I, you find? Webster's Dictionary defines that word as an action or activity or a piece of work having been completed or ended. Well, that's interesting. Now, that word in Hebrew, I always like to look things up in the Hebrew language. It's actually kela, and it means to be complete, or it means to be at an end. It means to be completed. Of course, it means to be finished. And it means to be accomplished and fulfilled. I kind of like that last one, to be uh-huh. accomplished and fulfilled. Wow, those were awesome. And I found this great Bible verse to go with our topic today, Brian. This is from 1 Kings 6:14 in the King James Version. So Solomon built the house and finished it. 1 Kings 6:14 in the King James Version. And I wanted to read another Bible verse that really brings home the message to get her done (laughs) and to finish that task. And this is from, this passage actually comes from 1 Chronicles uh, chapter 28, verse 20, and I'm reading this from the King, uh, I'm actually reading this from the NIV this time. David also said to Solomon his son, Be strong and courageous. And do the work. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail you. He will not forsake you until all the work for the service of the temple of the Lord is finished. Okay, Brian, I got that. But what is so important about being finished? Think about this. When you're pulling your ideas together for your vision and your goals, you have a map or plan to guide you. That's right. And in that plan, you will have a starting point, and you'll have a completion point. Mm -hmm. And then everything else is planned and detailed for the rest of the project. The plans have to be well laid out to make it work. That's right, Leah. They have to be. So just like building something, you're going to find that Just like Solomon building the temple, everything that you will do will have to be planned out. From the groundbreaking of your vision to the setting up of the foundation of your plan and to everything else that will come later. Like you say, plan your work and work your plan. Well, that's right. And as you work your plan, you will be adjusting and adapting your plans to everything that comes your way striving to end up with the best possible plan of all. And when you are finished with the project, you are paid in full for all of your work Mm -hmm. so that all of your expenses to produce the work are paid in full. Oh, that is so true. And if you're like most people, you want to do the very best that you can in the process to complete those goals until it is finished. So, folks... Stay focused until you are finished. And, you know, God wants you to be the very best that you can do. He wants to mold you. He wants to adapt you to everything that will make you a better person and to complete in you, guess what, a work that he 
planned for you long before you were even born. Because God wants to finish his work in you. That's right. And here's something kind of really neat. I heard Pastor Dennis King from West End Baptist Church out in industry share this from the pulpit not long ago. What was that word? Well, he shared that the word finished in the Greek dictionary is actually to tell a sty. Uh-huh. And yes, it's actually pronounced to tell a sty. <laughs> and that word literally means that it is finished. Oh, that's pretty cool. And then I found this little nugget while I was doing some research. That word to tell a sty was also written on business documents huh. or receipts back in the New Testament times indicating that a bill had been paid in full. Wow, paid in full. That's right. And think about this. Just as Jesus did, when he came to the earth, he completed the vision of the Father, and he paid it all in full. Oh, this is from John 19, verse 28 in the Amplified Bible. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said in fulfillment of the scripture, I am thirsty. John nineteen twenty eight. Well, and then at the end it is written, and Leah, I'm going to let you read that. I want to read this. This is from John 19, verse 30, in the Amplified Version. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished, and he bowed his head and voluntarily gave up his spirit. And here's something interesting and important to remember, listeners. When Jesus uttered those words, it is finished, he eliminated the debt owed by mankind and the debt of sin. So he paid for our sins. Isn't that awesome, folks? It really is. So shout out to the word, the world, to Telestai. It's done. It's been paid for, and every detail is done. That gives me goosebumps. Well, and I don't know about you, but when I'm working on a project and I'm running to complete the goal, doing the best that I can for him, I want to be faithful, and when it's done, I just want to yell, it is finished. (laughs) Remember, this is the year of completion, folks, and fulfillment, a time of restoration and a time of harvest and a new season. That's right, Leah. So... Get her done and then yell to tell us die because it is finished. So Lee and I hope that you've enjoyed our message this evening and may the Lord bless you and your family abundantly and to keep you and your family healthy and safe. And we pray that the Lord will fill your spirit with joy so that you too can say that Jesus paid it all and that without him I'm nothing. So with that, I'm Brian Fouts. And I'm Leah Fouts. And we're with Hazak Ministries, an encouragement ministry out here near the Colorado River in beautiful downtown Columbus, Texas. Yeah. And just as a reminder, for those who do not know us, we have written three books about our journey and how we got into ministry. Our first book is called From Misery to Ministry, A Walk of Faith Through the Loss of a Loved One. It's a wonderful book that brings hope, healing, and encouragement to those who have lost a loved one. Yes, it is, and it's easy to read, and it will actually make an impact in your life. Mm -hmm. And we've written a second book. 
and it is called Steps of Faith. Yes, and Steps of Faith is an exciting adventure into learning how to be led by the Holy Spirit and to and to be open and willing and obedient to what God would have for you. And these encounters would become the stepping stones for your own for our own steps of faith, learning to trust him in all things and for all things. And we've also written a third book. And it is called Walking Through Grief, A Journey of Peace. And Lee and I want to bless you with a message of encouragement this evening. And pray that these books will help you to be open, willing, and obedient to the Lord. And we hope that when you're reading these books that you'll find these divine encounters that we've shared with you will assist you in learning to take your very own steps of faith on your journey. Yes. You can learn more on how to order this book by visiting our website at www.hazak, that's H-A-Z-A-K, ministries.com. That website address is, again, www.hazakministries.com. And there is something else that they should know, too. Did you want to share that with them? Oh, yeah. When you order the book from our website, Brian and I will personally sign your book or books. We ship the books first class so that you have it in two or three days. And if you buy one for a friend, we will ship to their address from here. They make great gifts, folks. Yes, they do. And Lee and I want to thank you so much for everything that you have done for those who have been praying for us in our ministry. And if you'd like for uh, for me or Leah to come and speak at your church, uh, your men's or women's groups, or one of your special events, or even a, a, a grief group or a bereavement group, you can. Please contact us at 832-878-8043. That number again is 832-878-8043. And as I always like to tell people, you can always reach us on our handy-dandy landline out here in Columbus, Texas. And that number out here is 979-500-4256. That number again is 979-500-4256. And just a reminder, this would be a great time to write down all of the things that you are thankful for and share them with your loved ones and others. That's right. And I'm thankful that Jesus saved me mm-hmm. and I can serve him and do work for him in the kingdom. Oh, me too. Um, amen to that. And we also want to thank you, the listeners of Reaching Out Radio, for tuning in this evening. Mm-hmm. And again, we just want to say that it's been an honor to be a featured guest here uh, with Evangelist Montel Fields on Reaching Out Radio, where we are reaching out to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Amen. So, again, we want to thank you, and when we always sign off, we sign off with the following thing. Be, be strong, strong and, and be hazak. Go with God and be, be joyful and share your testimony with others. Good night, folks, and we look forward to sharing our word again with you in the future. Bye-bye. Bye.